Have you ever imagined fashion being as diverse as human culture? Have you ever dreamed of a respectful, ethical, and socially just fashion industry? Have you ever envisioned sustainability being at the core of the entire fashion system? This is your host, Laura Beltran-Rubio. I'm a fashion curator, researcher, and educator. My mission is to translate scholarly insights into actionable strategies that we can all take to reshape how we create, wear, and think about fashion. So find a comfortable seat, brew some tea, and open your notebook as you join me in the quest for redressing fashion. Welcome back to Redressing Fashion. Before I start publishing new episodes, I've created a collection of what I call loose thoughts that I've been writing and recording over the past couple years. These short episodes contain many of my reflections as both a fashion scholar and a fashion consultant in Colombia as I try to unpack the complex legacies of colonialism in present-day fashion. Please give them a listen, visit my blog for full transcripts, and some images that might be helpful, and let me know what you think. I've been thinking a lot lately about what it means to be a fashion historian. Here I'm not talking about the ins and outs of the fashion history quote-unquote trade, because I've definitely not been thinking about what it means to do research in fashion history, what a day in the life of a fashion historian may look like, or what a professional career in the field may entail. I think I've spent enough time researching fashion history and seeing myself as a fashion historian to have a more or less precise answer to those questions at this point. Instead, my reflections have focused on a more practical and perhaps even philosophical take on what it means to be a fashion historian in the very disturbed world that we live in today. I've been pondering questions like, what is the purpose, if any, of fashion history? How can we use fashion history to actively reshape an industry that is clearly rotten and needs a good shakeout? And what is the role of a fashion historian in shaping contemporary design or even the future of fashion? Most days, I'm privileged enough to simply avoid thinking about these questions, focus on my fashion history research, writing and lecturing, and just ignore most of what's happening in the world around me. Then there are the days in which I consciously feel thankful that I'm a fashion historian because I get to use my focus on history as a way of escaping all of the troubles of our world. But then again, I'm part of this world and I can't simply escape it. In fact, feeling like I can hide from many of our worldly struggles and even being able to pursue fashion history as a career already point to my very privileged existence. And the hierarchies that allow for the privilege of some might have in turn contributed to at least some of the problems that humanity faces today. The idea of escaping the present to hide in the past also reveals a form of romantic nostalgia that sees the past as a quote-unquote better time, one that we should long for. But the truth is that focusing on history is also painful, especially when we look at the starting points of many of the struggles that we face, collectively as human beings, today. This is true even for a fashion historian. Fashion, as one of the most accurate expressions of human interactions and collective anxieties, 
always reveals social tensions and the many acts of violence enacted by humans. So, when we study fashion history, we inevitably also look at the entangled histories of colonialism, human thought, politics, economics, and technology. And in doing so, we uncover many forms of domination, systems of power, and expressions of systemic violence around the world, even though textiles can also carry positive, inspiring, and beautiful stories, at times at least. Perhaps that's why Kinsani Molatlole stated recently in a brilliant reel that historical fashion can sometimes feel like an exercise in pain and suffering. This is especially so when we look at fashion history from a non-hegemonic lens and with the objective of uncovering the many fashion practices of groups and people whose cultures have been violently attacked, their voices systematically silenced, and their traces erased throughout human history. But fashion history has a fantastic potential to uncover precisely those silenced stories, challenging the erasures and, most importantly, reveal the different ways in which fashion has fostered or at least supported different forms of systemic violence such that we avoid perpetuating them by repeating the same mistakes over and over again. For more than 10 years, I've had the opportunity to challenge those erasures by researching the histories of fashion in the Americas. As a result, I've been able to prove the existence of fashion in Latin America, despite the narratives that tell us that it doesn't exist. I've been able to uncover the inevitable and very strong presence of indigenous people, technologies, and knowledge in shaping fashion as we know it today. Speaking of which, did you know that most tailors in the colonial Andes were indigenous or of indigenous descent? More recently, I've been privileged to share my ideas with hundreds of design students, mostly from Latin America, and I'd like to believe that my research has reframed how they perceive fashion moving beyond the Euro-North American canon. I'd also like to think that I'm having some impact on how they think about quote-unquote Latin American fashion and how they relate with indigenous designers, artists, and craftsmen. But what is the point? A fantastic article on the importance of black fashion history education in Fashionista sums up quite accurately many of my thoughts. It reads, If I can't trust the contributions of historically marginalized communities will be acknowledged in higher education, what possible hope do I have that they would be as I continue to climb up the ladder in the industry? So, the point of fashion history is precisely to show a largely white Eurocentric industry that fashion belongs to all cultures and races and that it can nurture greatly from diversity. Only then can we start to move, however slowly, towards more diverse and equitable practices that can, in turn, dismantle many of the toxic colonialist dynamics that survive in the fashion industry and collectively construct new ways of thinking, wearing, creating, and talking about fashion. The question now is whether us, fashion historians, can convince an entire industry to embrace diversity. Or if diversity will continue to be a sort of facade to drive sales and popularity among fashion brands without moving towards real change. 
What do you think? As always, thank you. Thank you for reading, for listening, and until next time. Original podcast episodes will air starting on January 11th, 2024, so I hope I can entertain you with this collection of loose thoughts until then. And in case you want to subscribe to my email list to be notified when the first official episode goes live, I've left the link to join in the podcast notes for this episode. Thank you, thank you for tuning in. You know that I love a good conversation about fashion, so please don't hesitate to email me or message me on social media to continue discussing any of the ideas introduced in this episode. If you liked what you heard, please follow the podcast, leave a review, or share it with your favorite fashion friends. It does make a huge difference as we try collectively to build more spaces for thoughtful and nuanced conversations that can truly help us redress fashion.